Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Why is everybody... Croquet wasn't a thing. Croquet was not a thing. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, Blockbusters, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring movies of our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister, Jenny, born in 1974. Today, we're looking at the 1989 classic, Heathers. Jenny, do you have a description? I do. In order to get out of the snobby clique that is destroying her good girl reputation, an intelligent teen teams up with a dark sociopath in a plot to kill cool kids. (laughs) Okay. Um, Before we even start, I'm going to provide a content warning here and a trigger warning. And this is serious. This movie contains school-related violence, gun violence, severe homophobia, and suicide. So if you feel like you are not in a place to watch any of those triggers, please turn over to one of our Little House on the Prairie episodes. Do you like how I did that, Jen? Different triggers. Different triggers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, Jenny, let's just talk a little bit about, like, what was it like to rewatch this? And tell us maybe about the first time you watched, if you remember. So this movie um, was released on March 31st, 1989. So I was 14. I was in ninth grade. Um, I was a freshman in um, high school during the taping of this movie. Winona Ryder turned 16. So like I was right around her age. She's like three years older than me. So, and by the time this came out, there was, you know, I was, there was a two year gap between me and her in that movie. And so like, it, it, it really was a movie that was really important in my adolescence. Like I loved it. I was in love with Christian Slater. Like I thought it was the coolest shit in the world, which watching it now. Wait, wait, wait. We always have me crushing on everyone. Are you telling me you were? Yeah, I love him. I loved him, especially when I was like, like, like he was my ideal man in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, he was a sociopath. (laughs) Right. Right. Like in looking at it now, because like I haven't really, I may have seen this like once or twice, maybe since high school like it's yeah and it's been a really really long time since i watched it and seeing it now i was like oh my god like what was wrong with 
all of us, right? <laughs> yes. And I have a lot to say about that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I was, and this is going to be a reoccurring theme if you are um, a regular listener, but even if you start listening now, I was too young to be watching this shit. <laughs> like that is the reoccurring theme. But I also think that that, that is like a thing with older and younger siblings too, though. Yes. Like, because yep. I got exposed to all this stuff through my friend who had a sister that was four years older than her. So like, And she, I got exposed to it yeah. through you. Yeah. And like it, like it's always the older sister that's pulling the younger ones into, you know. Watch stuff that's inappropriate. So overall, though, I really enjoyed rewatching this. Like, I watched it last night, and I couldn't stop watching it. Like, I stayed up to almost 1 o'clock watching it. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Okay. We open on a garden scene with three young women. They're playing croquet. They're all named Heather, and they're all color-coordinated. Jenny, I have a question for you. What's up? How many Heathers did you know? I only knew one, but this was basically my life because I was friends with three other Jennifers. I was just going to say, with me, it was Jennifers and Amy's. Yeah. Like, I was literally friends with three other Jennifers, um, but we weren't rich and playing croquet. We were, like, bowling, probably. Right. They slap a croquet ball, and it hits our heroine, Winona Ryder, on the head. She turns to the camera, breaks the fourth wall, and starts dictating a diary entry. Winona Ryder's character's name is Veronica. So Veronica's voiceover says, Dear Diary, Heather told me she teaches people real life. And she's sitting in the corner, Veronica's sitting in the corner of her high school staircase, angrily writing this in her diary. (laughs) And I feel seen. (laughs) Yeah, me too. This was something I did all the time. I wrote in my diary angrily all the time in high school. Okay, so the three colors are, there's red Heather who I'm going to call Alpha Heather. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's Yellow Heather, who I'm going to call Yellow Heather. (laughs) Wow, that's creative. Then there's Green Heather, who I'm going to call Shannon Doherty. Okay. (laughs) So wait a minute, because I want to talk about the colors a little bit. Okay, go ahead. And Veronica's blue. Because I didn't realize how important those were. It's super important. I thought it was like a cool vehicle when I saw this, like a theme, like a cool thing. But it's it's so like it's super important, especially the blue. Like I didn't realize how like, you know, I see red as like kind of the evil or the angry. Mm -hmm. Right. And then Mm -hmm. like green is the envy. Yellow is like the weakness. Yep. And then blue is like the sadness and kind of depression, right? That runs through this whole thing. And it's interesting how they cycle in and out. Like I I didn't, I didn't get that as a 14 year old. I didn't get that as a 14, as an 11 year old. Certainly not. (laughs) Okay. So yellow Heather approaches Veronica and tells her alpha Heather wants to see her in the calf right away. And I'm going to just say there's so many lines in here that I forgot were so great. And the first one is, what's your damage, Heather? What's, what's your, your damage? damage, Heather? And then and also, real life sucks losers dry. Wow. Yes. Yep. Yep. Like, it just sums up so much about what we were taught about how life was going to work. But anyway. Absolutely. Okay. So once they're in the cafeteria, Alpha Heather summons or encourages Veronica to forge a note. So Veronica has this talent of... Forging other people's handwriting, basically <laughs> forging handwriting. So Alpha Heather wants Veronica to forge a note from one of the popular boys and slip it onto Martha Dump Truck's lunch tray. 
Veronica has a conscience, and we see that it's something she doesn't want to do, but Alpha Heather explains it will, quote, give her a shower nozzle masturbation material for weeks. Give her shower nozzle masturbation for weeks, which I thought was pretty funny. Wow. (laughs) Then we see Martha Dump Truck. She's homely. She's overweight. Like, this is... I just there's a lot okay meanwhile in the cafeteria at the jocks table the football team is openly talking about sexually assaulting some of the headers yep. yep there's the sit and spin no not the sit and spin the i'm gonna put her on my dick and spin her around yeah there's just a bunch of gross language it's disgusting and i hate them well we're starting to see the setup and you and i talked about this the other day i forget what pot it was but um about like these buckets that gen x had like you were a jock you were a nerd you were a prep you were like we're seeing that all line up here yeah and i was gonna talk a little bit about how i didn't realize this was really about that no me neither because it would have been invisible to us at the time in a lot of ways this was we'll talk about this later but this is this is a pretty real life experience so in the corner of the cafeteria a young Christian Slater is watching all of this from the corner table. A couple things on Christian Slater here. (laughs) Yes, I thought he was super hot when I was 12. Oh, yeah. I cannot think that about him now. He looks like he's 15 in this movie. Well, he's 19, but yeah, he's super (sighs) young. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, so I'm not going there because as Jenny will attest, I rarely am attracted to people under 40. So oh, what's wrong with you there? But. I know. I just can't. I can't do it. Nope, 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 nope. But he's super young in this. Yeah. He's super young and 12-year-old Amy is all over it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And for the record, his name is James Dean. No, Jason Dean. But, well, yeah, James Dean. Freudian slip. <laughs> I'm going to call him Christian Slater throughout the whole movie. <laughs> I do okay. in my notes. All right, good. <laughs> Christian okay. Slater. So they write the letter and Yellow Heather slips the note onto Martha's dump truck's tray. They sit back down and Alpha Heather declares it's lunchtime poll day. And this is something throughout the movie where they do this lunchtime poll. And the question is, you win $5 million from publisher sweepstakes. And the same day that big Ed guy comes over to give you the check, aliens land and say they're going to blow up the world in two days. What do you do? Okay. So that's, and, and this got me thinking, Jenny, do you remember Publishers Clearinghouse? Like it's oh, yeah. still around, but like remember wow. when Ed McMahon was involved in it? Yeah. Yep. And I think to a lot of us young Gen Xers, winning that was actually within the realm of possibility. Yeah. yeah even though <laughs> the odds were not. Yeah. We and, and I know people who have like grandmothers and stuff who gave tons of their money to those people. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, don't get me started on things that prey on elderly and other. Like instant lottery tickets. And casinos. Don't get me started. Okay. So Veronica pushes Heather to ask several different groups instead of just the, they were asking like a yuppie group. Yeah. Preppies. And yeah. And Veronica wants Heather to like mix it up a little bit, not just ask the popular kids. And Heather then says a classic line. Fuck me gently with the chainsaw. <laughs> totally forgot about that. <laughs> and I will say I said that probably for three years after. Yeah, that was, that was great. Mm-hmm. The girls discuss that they're going to a party later that night at Remington University. So 
uh, Alpha Heather doesn't want to practice her conversation skills with the losers, yet she relents and we see Veronica and Heather asking a bunch of other groups the poll question. And we cycle through all the groups here, guys. There's the jocks, there's the nerds, there's the skaters, there's the stoners, there's the slackers, there's what? Goths. Goths, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Anyone you can, you know, just your stereotypical jump from one bucket to the next. Later in the bathroom, Shannon Doherty asked Veronica. Wait, 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 can we back up? Mm -hmm. What's your answer to that question? Um, what's your answer to that question in 2020? Uh, I can't say it on the air. Wow. Wow. Whoa. That would, that would hurt some people. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. All right. I, th- I think I'm picking it up. Okay. No, I have an excellent answer for 2020. Go ahead. I would buy a ride on Elon Musk's rocket. I would get the hell off the earth. I mean, we have an escape now. We have a way. Yep, we have a way. In 1998, I would have spent it on something really stupid, I'm sure. How about 1989? (laughs) Well, I probably, probably both of those years, I would spend it on something stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, later in the lunchroom, Shannon Doherty asked Veronica to come over and help her purge her lunch. Alpha Heather's like, come on, Heather, let's take another look at yesterday's lunch. And Veronica suggests she see a doctor. So again, wow, like tackling these really big topics. Well, right? and like bulimia, bulimia is just a, a fact of life. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just a thing people do. Like that's kind of how it's presented here. Mm-hmm. So the girls walk back into the cafeteria and they see Christian Slater and Yellow Heather starts telling Veronica his name is Jason Dean. He's in her math class. Veronica walks over to him and says hello. And he responds, greetings and salutations. Mm, I remember that. How many of you (sighs) knew a kid who tried to say this and tried to pull it off? Yep. And just couldn't. Yep. Yeah. Like only Christian Slater in 1989 on the set of Heathers could pull off greetings and salutations. Okay. As of like a couple of years ago, there were Still people that did that once in a while. I just oh, that, that, that were in their 40s. Push them off a cliff. Tried to do that. Yeah. Veronica asks him the poll question. He says he would row out into the middle of a lake somewhere, bring a bottle of tequila, his sacks, and some Bach. And just like that, he's not hot to me anymore <laughs> at all. Because he's just overly affected. Like, come on, dude. Fun fact. The saxophone is the most annoying instrument in the world to me. And I think it's because I associate it with you, Jenny. Well, I mean, I played it for a year or two in junior high school and was terrible at it and hated it. Veronica responds, how very. I forgot they always said very. Mm -hmm. That's very. Two of the jocks who've been watching this encounter decide to give Christian Slater a good scare for talking to Veronica. They call, okay, they call him all sorts of gay slurs. Oh, my God. Gay bashing. Well, it was, yeah, like it was just how jocks, like that toxic masculinity, it's how they insulted each other because they equated homosexuality in men to females. Yes. So they're like, oh, they led, you know, I'm not going to use the term that they use, but they just, you know, there's a lot of slurs. Yeah. And they say they let anybody in here, blah, blah, blah. And Christian Slater goes, well, they seem to have an open door policy for assholes, don't they? Good one. And they're stunned. It's Ram and Kurt, I think, right? Yeah. They're stunned. And they're like, what'd you just say? (laughs) 
He goes, allow me to repeat myself. And he stands up and pulls out a gun. I totally forgot about that. That was nuts. I totally forgot about that. This movie, I'm telling you. The next scene, the Heathers are back in the garden playing croquet. And they're discussing whether or not Christian Slater is going to get into trouble. Alpha says he used a real gun. They should throw his ass in jail. And Veronica defends him saying he used blanks. Jenny? He should, I mean, I don't, well, I mean, if he's a high school student, I don't know if jail is the place he goes, but he should be going somewhere. I mean, I mean, we are on a di- very different side of this yep. right now, yep. right? Like, it's so weird to see all of this pre-Columbine. Yeah, because Columbine wouldn't have happened until 99. So, like, right. I was out of college by then, but, yep. like. 10 years. Because this didn't feel like a big deal at the time. I didn't even remember it, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Then Alpha Heather is mean to Shannon Doherty. And one of the classic lines here is, uh, did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? I love that. That's hilarious. <laughs> not funny. Brain tumors are not funny. No, not funny. Heather explains that tonight she's giving Veronica her shot at her first Remington party. And she says to Veronica, if you blow it tonight, girl, it's keggers with ke- kids all next year. And I'm like, keggers with kids sounds no, fun. That sounds like my high school experience. Yeah, really. Then we meet Veronica's parents and they seem totally out of it. And they just, one of the the devices in this movie is they just keep having the same conversation. Mm -hmm. That's a very Wes Anderson thing too. Just like variations. But I think the parents are such an important part of this that I just glazed over when I saw it at 14. Like, cause they're the other generation, like they're the baby boomers and they're just so disengaged and like clueless. Right. But yes. like on a, on a, yep. on a superficial level, like they're just living in this weird world that is so disconnected from her reality. And I'd be really interested to watch Mean Girls, which is kind of like this, but it's 15 years later. It's like more millennials. for millennials mm-hmm. to see what the relationship of the parents is. Cause I think that's very different. It's very different. Generation. I've seen Mean Girls many times. It's very different. The parents are like, like Lindsay Lohan's parents are very like, involved in her life yeah. and they're kind of almost too involved in her life. Yeah. These parents are very hands off. Yeah. It's, it's like they're, 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 com- they're almost comical. Like the way they're so disengaged and like everything is just, everything's great. Everything's fine. We don't talk about bad things. You know what I mean? It's really that, that way with them like that it was super interesting to see the parents in this because i didn't even i just glazed over that when i saw this yeah so the parents ask about prom and school and then heather or veronica says great pate but i have to motor if i'm gonna make it to blah 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 and that's her signature phrase that she says to them all the time yeah i mean the it's the conversations they have sound like somebody you're catching up with that you don't know that well that you haven't seen in a couple months but again I don't think it's a, a, a disingenuous portrayal. No, I, I don't. I think I think it's a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. Which is probably again why we didn't notice it at the time. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like it was representing our reality, and it's like I don't think it's not like our parents didn't care, but like their level of engagement in our daily life. We were very separate from our parents. yeah. It was limited. It was weird. Like we, we just didn't talk. Like, like we that. we had our own, and you and I talk about this a lot in terms of my daughters. We had our own private worlds. Yeah. Away from our parents. Yep. It's and kids don't have that anymore. 
Thank God, I feel like. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's good. Maybe it's bad. You're yeah. right. I think yeah. that could go both ways. Okay, so they go to this party and they stop at a gas station and Veronica goes in to buy corn nuts for Heather. Gross. And she bumps into Christian Slater. Timmy informs me, my consultant, that Veronica or that Heather's driving an 87 Fox body Mustang. Whatever. It looked red. like a crappy piece of shit car, though, for somebody who's so rich and popular. But it really wasn't. That's what he was saying. It was yeah. like a sporty yeah, Mustang for the for the time. Okay, Christian Slater explains he's moved around his whole life, but has always found a snappy snack shack. And he's wearing a trench coat with shoulder pads, I think. I mean, that was a thing. Yeah. And they flirt a little bit. And then he has a motorcycle that he explains he got from his father, Big Bud Dean Construction. Of course, he's a super rich kid. And they have a good conversation where he asks her for life is perfect. And she says, no, I don't really like my friends. And he's like, I don't really like your friends either. And then she says, it's almost like they I work with them and our job is to be popular. <laughs> so I have a question for you because yeah. I have to say that this didn't resonate with me even at the time. Like I was always pretty close with my friends. Like I feel like I had healthy relationships with most of my friends, the people mm-hmm. who I was closest to. Like I, w- I don't get having a friend of me as your best friend. I, I don't, don't get either. that. I think it's a... I shouldn't say this. I think it was a popular kid thing. And I just wasn't like, I was pretty popular, but I was not the upper right. Like, yeah. Right. By any stretch of huh. the imagination. So yeah. I think it was a popular kid thing. Cause I, I really like my closest friends. I really liked. Yeah. There were really. the ones that were like friends of friends or kind of the, that second tier friends mm-hmm. that you were like, eh, could yep. live without them. But yep. I, like, this is a person that she spends all of her time with. Yes. So Veronica and Heather arrive at the party and they're met by two creeps. We see this scene intercut with Veronica writing angrily in her diary while wearing a silk robe and a monocle. Yeah. What was that about? I don't remember the monocle trend. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you best I can here what happened going back and forth between the party and her in her bedroom with the monocle writing in the diary. Well, first of all, they walk in and this is such like a, a, an early nineties, late eighties party thing. You walk in, they're like, just throw your coats on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what too? Like the whole house is filled with smoke and I'm like, Oh wow. People are smoking. Remember that? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so in her diary, she's saying she wants to kill Heather, not for a selfish reason or a spike in her menstrual cycle, but wants to kill her. And then we switch back to the party and we see Heather making out with her creep and Veronica's kind of being bored by hers. Then Veronica back in the bedroom is writing that she finally understands that she must stop Heather. So then we see her back at the party and Heather is blowing her creep, and yep. Veronica is almost sexually assaulted by hers. Right. And do you want to know what I wrote? Oh, boy. Boy, this really captures what it's like to be a 16-year-old girl. Yeah, right? It totally does. It really is. Yeah. It really, like, I had legit anxiety through this, because in my experience, and I'm not saying this of all boys, or I'm not saying this was the experience of all women, this was what it was like for me through most of my high school year. Like, boys just wanted to to bang you. That was it. Yeah. They're, yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. Like, you were just a sexual object. Yeah. That was definitely mm-hmm. my experience as well. Mm-hmm. In her diary, Veronica says Betty Finn 
was a true friend. Betty Finn, we only see her briefly in the cafeteria scene, and I guess she and Veronica used to be like kid friends. Um, but they stopped hanging out because Veronica's now with the popular kids. So she laments that Betty Finn was a true friend and that she sold her out for a bunch of swatch dogs and Diet Coke heads. Swatch dogs. And that killing Heather would be like offing the Wicked Witch of the East or the West, whatever. Which one is it, Jenny? The Wicked Witch of the West is the bad one. Okay, that's what I thought. At the party, we see Heather confronting Veronica for not sleeping with her creep. And then Veronica throws up on Heather. And I think that that is an important thing, too. And again, looking at it as a grown-ass adult, like, there was a lot of pressure from other girls, too. Not just boys. Well, like, that was kind of the weird thing, right? Like It was, it was, it was complicated because there yeah. was pressure from other girls, but there was also the fear of getting a reputation and being a slut. Right, but I feel like the more like other girls didn't want to feel like they were the only ones doing it. Right. So like, right. and and when I say slut, I'm saying that's what people called you. Oh yeah. I don't necessarily yeah. think that. Well, there was always are. that. I mean, as te- teenage girls are, they were, I mean, I God, I hope this is not still the case, but you were always walking that line always. Yes. Yep. Yep. Being sexy enough, but not too sexy. Right. And like yep. that is the dichotomy, you know, I mean, that goes so like, that's everything. It's mm-hmm. the virgin and the whore thing. If you want to see the Gen Z version of this, it's, 13 Reasons Why. Oh, really? Yeah. I heard that was good. Mom actually just watched it. <laughs> She's like on all I the know. Gen Z. I know. She likes total murder stuff and Gen Z shows. It's It was very disturbing for me to watch as a parent. There's a lot of sexual assault. A lot. And suicide. It's very, like, now that I, I think, think about it. You think we would figure some of this shit out, right? Yeah, wow. now that I think about it, that is, you know... The modern day Heathers. It's very dystopian. Okay. Um, so she throws up. Later. Okay. So after she throws up, they go outside and they have a vicious fight. And I guess this is what precipitated the angry diary writing. Right. Because we didn't know yep. that. It kind of built up to that. Yep. Yeah. Heather calls Veronica stupid fuck. And Veronica calls her goddamn bitch. <laughs> and Heather gives her the you were nothing before we met before you met me. You were playing Barbies with Betty Finn. You were a bluebird, a brownie, a Girl Scout cookie. Jenny, want to tell the audience about bluebird? So what I know a bluebird to be <laughs> <laughs> is dad always talking about, I guess it's like an easy sale or something like or something that's easy to do. Like, I'll give you a bluebird. Like it's when we're playing Trivial Pursuit. Mm-hmm. He usually says. Oh, here's a bluebird question. No, he doesn't. He screams, that was a bluebird. All right. When we get something right and get a pie. <laughs> right. Because he's like, that That was too easy. You don't deserve that pie. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was confused about bluebird in yeah. this context. I think it's some kind of like brownies thing. I, I don't think know. so too. All right. And then, so then we see Veronica throw her diary against the wall. And then all of a sudden, Christian Slater pops through her window and asks her to play croquet. And then they have sex. Why is everybody croquet wasn't a thing? Croquet was not a thing. It was never a thing. Gen Xers, like, we know this. Croquet, yeah. and if you're listening, if you're a millennial listening, croquet was not, not a thing. Nope. This that was like a weird, rich it person was a class vehicle thing they were trying to advocate. Yeah, for. yeah, like yeah, a over the top. Mm-hmm. So as Veronica and Christian Slater are lying there post-coital, Veronica explains she's a genius. And they wanted her to skip a grade. And she didn't because of social reasons. 
But now she feels like she's wasting her talent, just like kissing Heather's ass. And Christian Slater's like, Heather totally deserves to die. And Veronica's like, "Eh, I don't want to kill her, but I'd love to see her puke her guts out. Jenny, question. Mm -hmm. You're a genius. Self-proclaimed. Were you ever asked to skip a grade? I was not. And would you have? Um, no. I mean, I started school, like, we used to start school earlier in those days. Like, they didn't have that requirement of your birthday had to be by a certain day to get into um, kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So I was always a little younger in my class, but no, I would have not skipped a grade. I don't know. Maybe I would have. If it meant less school? Yeah, maybe I would have. Mm. No, that, they just, I don't know of anyone doing that. I don't either. Yeah. The next morning, we see Veronica and Christian Slater sneaking into Heather's house. We know it's her house because it's all red. They want to mix her up a little hangover cure. And Veronica's like, what about orange juice and milk? Will that make you puke? And Christian Slater's like, what about Drano? (laughs) I'm like, that has to be quick. He took it up a level. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and if you notice, the, the Drano is blue. Yes. Because, like, everything around, Ver- like, Veronica's oh, the blue Oh, I one. see what you're saying. Yeah, you're making a connection. And everything that. around him but real is also blue, blue. So I don't think that was really. I mean, I, it depends. I have green one. I have a yellow one. They're all different colors. Yeah. Okay. So Veronica, so they start making out and they make their concoctions in identical cups, which, you know, that's a good idea. I'm safe. And they start making out and Veronica grabs the wrong one. And Christian Slater, Slater sees that, but he doesn't say anything. So, right. so let me set the scene here, Jenny. You're sleeping. You have a hangover. Okay. Okay. Your best friend and some rando wake you up in your house and offer you something to drink. I'd be like, get the fuck out of my room. Why are you people here? There's no way exactly. this would have gone down. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little, you had to like suspend belief just a little yeah. bit here. Because first of all, as soon as you put that, I mean, it if it's like Drano, you smell that a mile away. I wrote that. Why doesn't she smell this? Yeah. Okay. And what does she think the blue shit is? Like, well, there was a lot of like weird blue Kool-Aids and stuff. That's in true. Thing. It was like the time of artificial shit. Kamikazes. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So they show up in Heather's bedroom. They offer her the hangover cure and she drinks it and chokes to death. And I wrote, what? Does no one investigate this? Is there no, like, we needed mom on this. Mom needed to get on this. I mean, the police in this town are the worst. Mom never saw Heather's. What? And we were talking about it. And I'm How could she not have seen it? It's like 10 murders. I gave her just like an overview. I'm like, all oh, these people murder people, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, I think I need to see that. <laughs> I don't know how she missed that one. All right. All right. So they start, Veronica starts freaking out. Like, oh my God, I just killed my best friend. And Christian Slater pretends to freak out, but he knows exactly how to talk to this But like, there's an important part here for me, and it almost became my why, but I decided it wasn't. Is like that part where she says, I can't believe this is my life. Like, and she's like yeah. in that moment. Yeah. For some reason, I have that instinct to, I imagine moments like that. Like it's part of the de- disaster fancy thing that I've already talked about in the little go house. Back stuff. To, yeah. Go back to like. But like there's that. Too. You imagine that moment where something tragic happens, right? I did a whole art series on this that was in a gallery. Yeah. Like that moment of intersection of like something happens. And then like you're on the other side of that and you're like, I can't believe 
this is my life like yeah. that. Yeah. And, yeah. and she really dives into that. I'm like, I wonder mm-hmm. if that, like where, you know, if that kind of gave me that stress about that. Maybe. I don't know. It's weird. Christian Slater spots a copy of the bell jar <laughs> and decides to stage this as a suicide. <laughs> Cause of course she's reading the bell jar. She's definitely course. suicidal. He remembers that Veronica can forge handwriting. So they write a note and I love the little back and forth about the word myriad. <laughs> uh, cut to the school. It's like the admin room. Maybe people are smoking and they're discussing how to react to Heather's suicide. And the principal says business as usual. And then he's like, was she a cheerleader? Cause if she's a cheerleader, I might do half a day off. Oh my God. But she wasn't. There's this hippie teacher, Miss Fleming, who's profoundly disturbed by all of this. And she wants to get everybody together and talk and feel, and no one listens. I mean, she has the right reaction. She has the right reaction. So later, Veronica and Christian Slater are at his house watching coverage and making fun of their classmates. And then his dad comes in, and he's super fucking weird. They have the weirdest relationship. Yeah, it's it's just weird. It's almost that, like, because this was another model, uh, I feel uh, like. Hold on. Let's do a little, let's reenact it, Jenny, shall we? Uh, I don't know my lines. So are you the dad or are you Christian Slater? I'll be Christian Slater. Okay. We're just going to make up the lines best you can. Okay. So I'm the dad. I come in. Hey, dad. How was school? How was work today? Hey, son. How was the lunch in the cafeteria? Did you beat up any nerds? Hey, son, you forgot. Hey, dad, I forgot to introduce my girlfriend. Hey, why don't you invite her to dinner, son? <laughs> Veronica's like, I'm fucking out of here. It was so <laughs> good. Good acting, Jenny. Good acting. He acts like he's on speed. Like he's like a sweaty speed. Marlon oh, Brando. He's yeah. totally on coke. Totally. He's like, he's like some dude on coke trying to do a Marlon Brando impression. It's weird. So Christian Slater, so Veronica's like, I'm out of here. And she says her mom's making her favorite dinner. And Christian Slater's like, must be nice. Last time I saw my mom, she was waving from a library window in Texas. And I got a JFK vibe. I was like, what? What is this something? With oh, really? I got a Waco vibe. In Dallas? I got a Waco vibe. I got a JFK vibe. Hmm. That so Veronica a lot about us. Yeah, it really does. So then Veronica is sitting with her parents and it's kind of that repeat scene again where she's yeah. like, I got to get ready for this funeral. And like the parents are having basically the same conversation. Like her best friend just killed herself and there is no mention of it. Barely like nope. th- there's no change in their demeanor or concern at all. It's super crazy and weird. Doesn't the father say, how was the first day back after Heather's suicide? Yeah. Like they act like it's like, it's the same yeah. thing as if it was like cloudy and rainy that day. And they were talking about that. Like, that was a very powerful, like the parents were just such a powerful statement through this whole thing. I, I feel agree. Like. At Heather's funeral, the preacher, is that the guy from Beetlejuice? I know. Yeah, maybe. I think so. It's I know how to be. And Winona Ryder was fresh off of Beetlejuice yeah. yep. after this. Yeah. He laments that society is teaching its youth that the answers can be found in the quote, MTV video games. Jen? Wow. 
Okay. I mean, I feel like. What does that even mean? An MTV this, video This is still game? going on where people like, like when Congress asked the tech people, like, well, if I send an email and they, they tweet me in an email, and like you could still see that like confusion of how all this stuff interacts and works. It's still going yep. on. Yep. And then we learned they're in Sherwood, Ohio, which I didn't know the whole time where they were. I mean, they're clearly in LA, but I didn't know. Yeah, right, right, true. Um, people go up to Heather one by one and we can hear their internal thoughts. And later, Yellow Heather meets Veronica out and asks her to double date. Like, this is, they're moving on. Like, they're yeah, oh, yeah, they're done. suicide. They're done. Yeah. They're yep. just moving on. Will yep. you double date with Ram and Kurt and me? And she asks her, this was funny. Like, Veronica's like, well, I kind of have something going with Christian Slater, you know? And she's like, can you put Billy the Kid on hold tonight, Jen? <laughs> Are we talking we, about Young Guns? Are we talking about Young Guns I too? love Christian Slater in. Young Guns, too. You were, like, obsessed with, yes. with everyone yeah, in, that, yeah. in that movie. So on this date, Heather and Veronica stand there while Kurt and Ram tip cows. Jen? So tipping cows was a thing. It was I a would thing. like to say I never did it or went to do it, but I heard about it a lot. Yeah, it was a thing. I, think, I never did it either, but it was a well, thing. We, we grew up in a city, not a big city, but a city. Like, we didn't grow up, grow up out in the country. So, like, I think that was more of a country school district thing. So, all right. So later on the date, after the cow tipping, um, Ram is dry humping Heather on the ground while Veronica stands off to the side grossed out and Kurt is kind of coming at her and yeah. being sexually aggressive, but like he's kind of too drunk to make anything of it. And suddenly Jen, who shows up? Christian Slater. Christian Slater. Wait, Michael Landon. God, I wish. <laughs> that would whole movie Hero me. mode, hero mode. Mm -hmm. He says <laughs> seven schools and seven States. And the only thing different is my locker combination. That's okay. pretty, that's pretty right. That's yeah, pretty right probably. on. So they go get a slushy. Okay, fine. He says, our love is God. Let's go get a slushy. Oh God, that's a little bit much. Oh, 12 year old Amy would be eating this right up. I would follow him right off a cliff. And you do realize the irony that she gave up following one leader for another. Yeah. Like she's yeah. not, she's not standing on her own. She gave up following one sociopath to follow yeah. an actual sociopath. E exactly. The next day at school, a few yearbook nerds are talking about the song Teenage Suicide, and I have a post-it. Wow. The song Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It, was written for the soundtrack, and it's supposedly by this band Big Fun, but Big Fun is not a real band. That's my post-it. Wow. Thanks for that insight, Amy. <laughs> So Veronica walks in and they're consulting her about the Heather Chandler yearbook spread. And she's like, what? And then some girl comes up and informs her that Kurt said that she gang banged Ram and Kurt, that they had a sword fight in her mouth. And I, I have to say something to you. Oh boy. Uh, Where's this going? This happened to me. Not the what happened to you? <laughs> but the complete fabrication. Why? Wow. So, as teenagers, we were used to like, oh, we made out and no, you didn't. And yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, little yeah. like people would exaggerate the truth. This happened to me. Me and my friend Jen went to the mini park. I'm not going to say where it is. Ran into someone I grew up with. Now, we were probably about 16. 
ran into this kid that we grew up with. He used to live across the street from us when we were little and lived on across from the school, Jenny. And we ran into him and we were talking like, oh, it's so nice to see you. How you doing? I hadn't seen him probably in five or six years. We leave. I think nothing of this. The next day, everyone thinks I gave him a blowjob. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Wow. Yes. Jen and I still joke about it. Like the magical night in the mini park. (laughs) When I apparently blew someone had no idea. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I was flabbergasted. Like, I was so just stunned. Like, how could you make up this complete lie? Yeah. And like, there's no way anyone could prove or disprove it. Right. Like it's really just one word. I had Jen as my witness, but But no one can believe her because she's your friend. Right. Yeah. It was so crazy. I was, it was just stunning to me that somebody would do that. I had no idea why or what his motivation was. Like I still don't. Yeah. It's weird. What a douchebag. Yeah. What a douchebag. So yet again, something else teenage girls have to fucking deal with. Yep. Okay. Later, Veronica calls Kurt at Christian Slater's urging, and she's playing nice and asks him to meet her out in the woods behind the school at dawn. Jen? Who goes on a date at dawn? You're already stupid. (laughs) Thank you. Like, that's already suspicious. Thank you. Yes. But she asks, like, she says, I want to make this become a reality. Like, she's not mad. And he's so stupid that he falls for this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of being stupid and falling for something. Or should I say egotistical? It's more egotistical. He's arrogant. Yeah. Christian Slater has Veronica writing a suicide note for Ram and Kurt. And she's like, why are we doing this? And we're she's only going to be pick- shooting them with blanks. Uh, we're not. He tells her some bullshit. Like there are these vintage WW2 bullets or World War II bullets that are like tranquilizers. And they'll break the skin, but not do a ton of damage. Okay. But then here's a great line. Veronica says, so it looks like the person has been shot and killed when really they're just lying there unconscious and bleeding. (laughs) I mean, for, okay. I have an index card. I might actually be interested in this. So I have our each Luger, which is what he calls them, each Luger bullets, real. So he tells her that they're using each Luger. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I think I'm getting as close as I can. Um, he says that they're using each Luger bullets, which were his grandfather's from World War II, which the Nazis used to fake their own suicides because they break the skin and cause a fair amount of bleeding. Um, but they just tranquilize a person and they wake up in, what do you say, 24 hours or something? Crazy? Yeah, yeah. Um, and she believes it. First he asks if she speaks German and she says no, or what language she's taking. She says French. So that was interesting. She didn't, she didn't get the warning there. Yeah. Cause what, uh, each Luger means in German is I lie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so he's definitely lying. The bullets are not real. I mean, think of the science behind this. Like you load a bullet into a real gun that's going to break, like, there's tranquilizer guns, but they shoot out tranquilizer darts, and, like, they don't cause a lot of bleeding. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't bleed out. Like, you just, what bullet's going to, like, break your skin, cause a fair amount of bleeding, and not potentially kill you? Like, But I think what's so interesting is, like, she she just believes it. She just believes it. And I think yep. 12-year-old Amy, we've already talked about how 42-year-old Amy would easily get sucked into a cult. <laughs> I think I would have believed it, too. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. 
I don't know. What if you hit them in the jugular? Even if they no. bleed a little bit, they're going to die. Oh, so I, then are you done with your stupid? Well, I did. I did when I was researching this because this is very specific to this movie because it's not true. Like it's a mm-hmm, fictional mm-hmm. thing. So I did find some interesting facts if you want to hear those. Sure. So two two okay. actors that read for the role of Veronica. Oh, were, I know this. Okay. Who is it? Veronica. Um, Heather Graham? Nope. All right. You, you aced that. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, Justine Bateman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer oh, Connelly. Oh, read for the role too. of Veronica. Heather Graham read for the role of Heather. I was going to say. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. More like Heather's role. Here's another thing. Shannon Doherty refused to dye her hair blonde. Good for her. To match in with the other Heathers. So they said they compromised on it being red. Is it red? Yeah, it's reddish. Um, who Guess who else read for the role of JD? I read this all last night and I can't remember. Wow. I know. That's my retention. I'm telling you. It's Brad really Pitt. Ooh. Brad Pitt. That would be a whole like, different level of movie. I mean, like, oh. yeah. Like, after Fight Club, seeing him in Fight Club, I think he oh. could have been good at this role. Yeah. Yes. I think it would have been a better movie if it was Jennifer Connelly and Brad Pitt, Pitt, to be honest. Well, and um, Winona Ryder begged for the role. And she was good, but like, they're they're not the caliber actor. They didn't want to give it to her. They didn't think she was pretty enough. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she had like a makeup person do her all up and then went to see them. Wow. Yeah. 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 Anything else? No, I got, that's all I got. All right, good. So Veronica reveals that the suicide letter is going to talk about Ram and Kurt being gay and that they can't reveal their love so they kill themselves. And then in a hugely homophobic moment, Christian Slater brings out some, quote, homosexual <laughs> artifacts to plant at the scene. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So an issue of Stud Puppy, which is a male pornographic magazine, to, to quote Graham, a candy dish. Wait, what? A candy dish. No, 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 no. What was the... What Graham did Graham would say? Pornographic magazine. Oh, okay. She I thought she know. had some thoughts about it. No, no, no. <laughs> like, Graham used to say marijuana cigarette. Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she'd give, like, yes. the technical terms. Yes. Um, a Joan Crawford postcard, mascara. That, yeah, what the And hell? mineral water. Mineral water. <laughs> mineral water. I'm like... Was like waters come a long way see because associating it with the gay community was a pejorative right i know the next day the guys meet her there which blows my mind i know she tells them to get naked and count to three and when she counts to three christian slater jumps out and shoots them he shoots ram and veronica is supposed to shoot kurt and she misses and Christian Slater freaks out. You let freaks him get out. away. And she's like, oh, but it was worth it just to see the look on his face. And Christian Slater's like, uh, no, <laughs> I'm going to get him. And then you see her start to realize. Realize what happened. What's and, happening. Like, nice job. Now, like, these guys are jocks, so they can run. Like, oh, yeah. now Christian Slater has to chase this guy past the same tree log 18 times. Yeah, in a trench coat. Yeah. Yeah. In a shout out to Ronan Farrell, they catch and kill the other one. <laughs> Veronica and Christian Slater escape, and I wrote, Christian Slater has on a Casio watch. Okay. Did you notice the Casio calculator watch? Oh, God. That was the thing. No, I didn't notice that. 
the cops show up and oh my god they fucking fall for all of this like what first of all we need mom on this scene because <laughs> this cop comes over finds them and picks the gun up and then touches yep. it with his hands oh yeah yep mom she would not tampers with evidence she would yep. lose her mind over this yeah so Christian Slater and Veronica have fled to her car, or his car. I'm not sure. I think it's her car. And they're making out in the car to throw the cops off, which yeah, they call of, for. Because, of course, they're not going to question somebody very close to the vicinity of a double suicide murder. Like, right, right. why would they do that? Who just happens to be parking at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, right. So Veronica starts freaking out because she realizes that they've killed them and they have a big fight. And Christian Slater says... Football season is over, Veronica. Kurt and Ram had nothing else to offer the school but date rape and AIDS jokes. And I'm like, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. That doesn't make murder right, but he's not wrong. I do not advocate murder. (laughs) I feel like we're going to have to say that a few times. But he's not wrong. (laughs) And and the best best part, though, is that she hasn't broken up with him. He's literally a murderer. No. And she hasn't broke. And then she murdered people because of him. Yep. Like, because dumbass, was yeah, it Ram? she shot Kurt. Or Kurt. Dumbass Kurt runs back to the scene where someone was firing well, a gun Christian at him. Christian Slater circled him around. Come on. I know. Really? I know. Okay. So, Heather and, Yellow Heather and Shannon Doherty arrive. And as they're walking into school, a girl stops them and very nonchalantly says, did you hear school's canceled today because Kurt and Ram killed themselves in a repressed homosexual suicide pact. <laughs> and yellow Heather's like, what? <sighs> and the girl just keeps walking. That was weird. That was super weird. Okay. At the funeral later, Kurt's father says his classic line. I love my dead gay son. Yep. And Veronica stares at one of the, like, somebody's little sister is in the front row. It's either Kurt's or Ram's. We don't know. And the little sister looks back at Veronica. And you could see Veronica is just now being, like, eaten up by what she's doing. Yeah. And that night she writes in her diary about how all the popular people in school are are dead. But they've all been better remembered than they were. And then she admits that she can't control herself when she's with Christian Slater. Which is a sentence... Many women probably wrote in the 80s and 90s. That they can't control themselves with Christian Slater? Yes. <laughs> yes. It would have only been the 80s and 90s. Yes. Yes. Although we were talking about this on Facebook that he he has really aged respectfully. Yeah. Like yeah. He's, he's a good a, dude. Yeah. Fine. And it's funny what you find sexy when you're 42. Like now you're like, he's a good dude who loves his wife. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Later, Miss Fleming finally got her way and she's holding a love in the cafeteria. And Veronica comes in and she's looking physically more and more like Christian Slater. Yeah. Like she's starting to dress a little more goth. Yep. Right? And you know who she reminds me of? Do you remember the animated cartoon Daria? Daria. Daria and her friend Jane. You mean my spirit animal, Daria? I love her so much. Yes. Yes. Okay. So later they're at Christian Slater. So Veronica leaves. She can't stand it. And later they're at Christian Slater's house and she's bitching about everything. She's saying everything is chaos and she can't stand it. And Christian Slater's like, chaos is great, Veronica. Chaos is what killed the dinosaurs, baby. God, you know what? Like in his room especially, and I think in the living room, but I don't remember exactly. Did you notice he has a blue theme too? Like everything is tinted blue as well. And a lot of the scenes they're in together 
There's like blue lighting. Yes. Because it's that like, blue. I feel like his house is some kind of weird graveyard for electronics. Yeah. There seems to be a lot of extraneous, not working electronics around. Yeah. I don't know why. Which could play in with the bomb thing. I don't know. He says what they're doing is good. Like it's a good thing. They're scaring people into not being assholes. And then his father comes in. And mm. Veronica goes, oh, great. The beaver's home. And I never realized how many times I say that. What is that? I don't know what that's a reference to. Like, I'm assuming it's a beaver. reference to Lever to Beaver, right? But is that, a, is that a, a different way of saying, okay, Boomer? No, no, no. It's kind of a way of saying, like, oh, great. The sociopath is home. Like, it's the opposite of Beaver. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, the Beaver's home. Like, he's so clearly not the Beaver. He's not a good, okay. wholesome person. Oh, okay. Yeah, All yeah, right. yeah. She's like, oh, great. The Beaver's here. Okay, so... She shows, okay, so Crazy Dad puts a video, puts in a video, and it's him blowing up a building he was talking about earlier. But to be fair, that's what he does. He's a developer. Yes. But he, he was talking earlier about this, like, coven of bitches that were trying to prevent him from blowing up. Those are his words. Yep. From blowing up this building, and now he's like, I got the best of them. And he's yeah. showing the building blowing up. The blowing up is demolition. It's all legal. But the way yeah. he talks about it is disturbing. Yeah, he's fetishizing yeah. it. Yeah. He's gross. And when he leaves, Veronica's like, do you like your father? And Christian Slayer's like, I don't know. I've never given the manor much thought. You know who he reminds me of? Gary Busey. Oh, the dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. my Christian Slater. No, the dad. That's who They could have gotten him to play the dad. Totally. Yeah, totally. Okay, at this point, Christian Slater reveals that his mother actually walked knowingly into a building two minutes before his bro- bro- father blew the place up. And I wrote, run, Veronica. Yeah, red run. flag. Red flag. Well, and then he shoots the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teenage suicide comes on. He whips out a gun and shoots it. And that's when she decides she's had enough, when he shoots the TV. <laughs> that's like, the he exact- just shot two people. Well, one, and then made her shoot one. That's the breaking point. Then we have this weird, like, little scene where he's bribing Shannon Doherty, or he's blackmailing her, I mean, with pics of her Martha Dump Truck as kids. God forbid someone hang out with somebody when they're five. And he pretty much tells her, like, he wants her to become the new Alpha Heather, and he's going to ask her for a favor later, and she's going to need to repay this. Okay, so whatever. But he gives her the red scrunchie, and I totally forgot that or didn't know that. I didn't realize he was the one that started that. Yep. He is. She's his pawn. Yep. So later, Martha Dump Truck tapes a suicide note to her chest and steps out into traffic. Shannon Doherty comes over to Veronica's and tells her the news. And she says Martha survived, and it's just so sad. Another case of a geek trying to imitate a cool kid. Veronica slaps her across the face. Veronica apologizes and the two of them are up in Veronica's bedroom and they're listening to a call-in show called Hot Probs. (laughs) And I forgot about this part. Yellow Mm. Heather calls in and she's upset that the last guy she had sex with killed himself. Her life is a mess. She's failing school. And Shannon Doherty's like laughing hysterical. And Veronica's horrified. And Shannon Doherty tells everyone at school the next day. And Heather's so upset, she goes to the bathroom and tries tries to swallow a bunch of pills. And then Veronica stops her. Well, all I had is that they talk about um, how Veronica talks about how she cut off the head of Heather and 
the other Heather grew back in the yep. other place. Yep. Like a 100%. Hydra. Except a Hydra grows back two heads instead of one. Yeah. But nerd, nerd facts. So later, Christian Slater is now calling in his favor with Shannon Doherty. Mm-hmm. He wants her to start a petition to get big fun to play at their prom. And there's a big, there's a little scene where Christian Slater and Veronica get into a fight and he tries to get her back, but she's like, no, I'm not doing it. She goes home and her parents tell her that Christian Slater stopped by and warned them that she was unstable and might try to kill herself. Yeah. This is like dark. So she goes up to her bedroom and there's like a note for her, but it's her handwriting. Yeah, it's weird. And there's a doll hanging from a noose Which was so in stupid. her room. She lies down on the bed and then she has this dream, which you don't know it's a dream at first, where he sneaks into her room and they have a fight. And then he takes her over to Shannon Doherty's house and kills her. And at her funeral, we see the preacher making a big deal of things underlined in Moby Dick, which JD had done, which Christian Slater had done. Yeah. And I thought the fantasy funeral of, I thought it was Heather Duke. Was it Shannon Doherty? Shannon yeah, Doherty? yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was um, like it, it. I think it was symbolic. Like they were all sitting there with the 3D glasses on and yep, shit. They were all and in I white suits like, and 3D glasses. I feel like it was symbolic of like coming out of the coma of the 80s into like the harsh reality of the 90s. Like that kind of bubble gum, like superficial world that like, yep. you know what I mean? And coming yep. into kind of the hard slap of the 90s. Like I thought that was very, um, very like a metaphor on that. Yeah. Veronica wakes up and decides to stage her own suicide. <laughs> so why not? <laughs> On cue, Christian Slater climbs up to her window. Jen, I have a question. He drives hmm. a motorcycle. Where is he putting that ladder? I know, right? <laughs> like, I guess he just ladder. gets it. I guess he just got it out of the garage. I guess. He starts talking to her as she hangs from the ceiling, and he reveals that he was going to kill her. Then he does a total 80s thing. This is an 80s movie thing. And rips off part of the petition and reveals it was about something else. (laughs) Like the confession to someone who's pretending to be dead. Yep. It was actually a suicide pact for the entire school. And he's going to blow up the school and later we see him making a bomb. And then Veronica's mother comes up and like starts freaking out because Veronica's hanging from the ceiling. Right. And she's like, I should have let you take that job at the mall. I just, I didn't know. I was worried about you. And then well, Veronica's and see, like, like, oh, that, what's up? That's another, I think, major point. Like, they're sitting downstairs with their giant candelabra, right? Which mm-hmm. is like, mm-hmm. the hell is that? So they come upstairs and, like, she sees her kill herself. And, like, the thing she thinks is the most tragic in her life is she couldn't take that. You know what I mean? She knows nothing about what's going on in her life. Nothing. Like, all of her friends are dying around her. Like, right. and she thinks think she killed be herself because she couldn't take the job at the mall. Yeah, like has yeah. no idea who this person no is. No idea. Yeah. The next day at school, Veronica desperately tries to find Christian Slater. And we see him em- enter the school carrying a very obvious duffel bag. And he goes into the boys' bathroom. There's so many school security things that never would fly today. Ever, I ever. Mean, but when you say he's carrying a very obvious duffel bag, I mean... Who doesn't it's carry not a book bag. bag. No, it's not a book bag. Okay. It's like a weird banker looking bag. It's weird. And does no one care that Veronica's dead? Like, there's nobody like, we have a day off of school today. Right. Somebody says to her in school, oh, JD said you killed yourself. <laughs> yeah, like, now they're just not even marking these things. No, they're just they don't like, even whatever. care. They don't even know. Veronica sneaks around. There's a little cat and, mu- cat and mouse. And finally, 
she realizes what's happening. The kids are being called to the gymnasium for a pep rally. And she realizes, thanks to the help of some yearbook guy, that the boiler room is underneath and she's got to go down there and get him. Okay. Christian Slater is in the boiler room under the gym. Veronica confronts him with the gun. We don't know where she got the gun from. Right. We don't know. He left it in her car. He immediately gets the gun from her. Of course, because she's pointing a gun at like a seasoned murderer. Yes. And he knocks her out. He does the old head on the knee and knocks her out. Well, and she has a wicked concussion from that. And my question is, if she knows he's planning on blowing up the building, which she knows. Thank you. Why the hell didn't she call the police or authorities or tell evacuate the fucking building? Yep. Like that's the right thing to do. do it herself. (sighs) Yeah. It's insane. It's insanity. PSA, kids. Yep. Get the building evacuated. Step one, no matter what. Yep. And don't go chasing down a murderer yourself. And don't go chasing waterfalls. (laughs) We know how that is. Okay. So she regains consciousness and she attacks him with a fire extinguisher, which how he didn't see her sneaking up on him is beyond me. No way he wouldn't have seen that or heard There's a struggle and she emerges with the gun and then she uh, shoots his middle finger off. (laughs) Which was pretty badass. That was pretty good aim. Like, (laughs) That was a sheer coincidence because there's no way she aimed for that and hit it. Yeah. Yeah. As he's bargaining for his life. And of course the bomb is like real big, obviously three, obvious three red buttons. And it's got like 35 seconds left. Yeah. 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 And she's like totally calm. You're standing next to a bomb that's going off in 35 seconds. Yep. So as he's bargaining for his life, he says, let's face it. All right. The only place that that different social types can get along is heaven. And I wrote, oh, my God, this entire movie has been about clicks. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. I was shocked. I'm like, he's not an atheist. That's so out of character. I know. I know. That was really weird. I like that was out of character. Veronica pleads with him to walk her through turning off the bomb. And then she shoots him and he goes down. And as he does, he sticks his switchblade into the bomb and shorts it out. What was was her plan here? I don't know. I don't. You don't kill the only person who could disarm the bomb. Well, and you get the people out of the fucking building because what are you going to do with this bomb? Right. And I want to take a minute here to talk about bomb threats when we were in high school. We're such a thing. Yeah. Like it was every week. It seemed like there was a major difference was it didn't actually happen. Right. But people, you know, part of that was we had pay phones and people could just go to a pay phone and call anonymously. And people did. They would do that. And then like you just got off school for the day. Could you imagine being school administrators dealing with that shit? Because like, what do you do? You can't. I know. Like what, what? The one time you ignore it. Right. I know. I know. So then we have the classic scene at the end. Veronica comes out of the school and she's stumbling and she's like all beat up and her hair's crazy. And then we see Christian Slater come out shortly after, which he was just shot twice. So I don't know how that's working. I'm not buying that. Yeah. He reveals he has a bomb strapped to himself and he's going to blow himself up. And she takes out a cigarette to light it off the blast. Yeah. Well, I thought this was interesting because... The blue, which is which symbolizes the depression and the set, mm-hmm. like, is the one that took him out ultimately. Yep. yep. Yeah. And then she goes back into the school all badass and rips the red bow from Shannon Doherty's head. 
Then makes plans to hang out with Mart the dump truck on the night of the prom. Jenny, why didn't she just ask Mart the dump truck to go to the prom with her? When she took the red thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like other people might be like, or not other people, but the audience was probably like, oh my God, she's now the head that's popped up in the Hydra of the evil leader of the cool kids, right? Sure. But I think by saying, by like not going to the prom is more saying like, we're not doing the system anymore. Like that's what I read it as anyway. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. fuck the system. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, so, so that's Heather's. Yeah. And I have Oof. to say. Dark man. Not only dark, but accurate as fuck. Yeah. And scary. Wow. Like scary, like scary to look at as an adult and think about 14 year old me. Yeah. Like it was so dystopian. Yeah. And okay, so I also read when I was reading about it that it was, I forget who the writers are, and I hate doing that because I'm a writer and I hate not knowing their names, but this was the writer's kind of answer to all these cute John Hughes movies. Yeah, yep, you're right. They were like, and I think too that we can speak to almost a divide within the Gen X Yes. Yep. Right? Like, I feel like Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink, that was early Gen Xers, yep. and this is latter Gen Xers. And I have that in part of my why I talk about that. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the oldest of the latter Gen Xers. Like, because a lot of my friends are eight to 10 years older than me. Yeah. So they're, they're you know, they were born right in the beginning of Gen X. And they, yeah. like, I was a senior in high school when Smells Like Teen Spirit came out. And I'll never forget seeing that and being like, I, I'm seen. I'm yep. heard. Yep. And like they don't relate to grunge music like that necessarily. Like I feel like I don't know. We just had a different. Like they definitely relate more to the eighties. You know what I mean? Like that pop yeah. music and stuff like that. And like we were like Rage Against the Machine, Tool. Like you know what I mean? All that yeah. stuff that yeah, was just yeah, yeah. like these kind of movies and like just a darker. I don't know, just a darker outlook. Than- well, do you want to do your why? Let's do your why. All right. So after everything we watch, Jenny and I, you know, we seek to find the answer to why or what about this, this media, you know, carried with us into adulthood. So Jenny, answering the question, Gen X, this is why, what is your why for this movie? So it's kind of long. So bear with me. Oh, great. <laughs> but this is what, so like this movie. You guys want to watch time, an episode of The Office and come back. I'll probably still be talking. Might lighten things up a bit. <laughs> Um, so like this movie or these types of movies and like other things around this time, like this, this time specifically of the transition from the eighties to the nineties. Um, this is why the message to our generation was so confusing. We were on this constant search for deeper meaning as a reaction to the superficiality and glut of the eighties. Right. Mm-hmm, and like all that mm-hmm, kind of like mm-hmm. pop thing, but we were constantly faced with the futility and general insignificance of our existence. Like I felt that a lot. Right. Yeah, and you see that yeah. in this movie where it's like, you don't, the way you can matter the most is killing yourself. Right. Like that's, you yeah. see that in this movie. But I wonder you, if that's a youth thing and not a Gen X thing. That's what I wondered. But yeah, we start to see this uh, in general, the acceptance of suicide as a solution to problems of adolescence in this movie. Um, it's also a nod to the deeper meaning thing. Right. Like what I was yeah. just saying, yeah. that, like that's how you can be most remembered. And I think there's just a, a generational hopelessness and apathy um, that was just baked into us at this time. Like the nineties would be the maturing of that worldview. But Mm -hmm. I think like at this time, you know, there was just this, this hopelessness that, that 
was part of our worldview. And I, you know, like as we were just talking about, I think that's the later Gen Xers. So I that, wonder- that grew up on, on that came of age on grunge and stuff like that. I want to say too, like just comparing this because it is so similar thematically with 13 Reasons Why. 13 Reasons Why there's suicide and it's, it's kind of, it's reacted to in a different way. It's handled in like the, the causation of the suicide is the same, you know, like wanting to matter and stuff like that, but they are devastated by their friend's suicide. And, like, it ripples through the school for years and years and years. And I feel like there's a very different reaction in Heather's. And I think that has to do with, like, then I kind of have a second why, but it's the related and personal version kind of 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 the general why that I just gave is, like, this is why I thought that severe depression was a normal part of adolescence. And I think that self-awareness that these later generations have and that has become normal and accepted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and a lot of the, you know, like we look at these cliques in Heathers, right? Like, yeah. like these later generations have accepted all the gray area between those. And they've given, they've given up on those models. Thank God. You know what I mean? Where we didn't have that. And if you were people that didn't fit in a box, which most people don't, like that was, it was a hard existence for you. Okay. So my why has to do with high school. This is why I hated high school, because this is an accurate depiction of high school, in my opinion. And I have the unique experience of having had two very different high school experiences. I went and why, to, why, why was that, Anne? I went to a public school where I was somewhat popular, and it was in the city, and there was just a more diverse population, and it was just easier in some ways but I had to leave because my grades were slipping and there was a lot of fighting and I was kind of falling in with the wrong crowd a lot so my parents I kind of I want to say I asked to be switched out but oh I thought dad threatened to send you to catholic school and he finally made good on that no no not at all um I asked to switch schools and then your friend Anne had gone to the school I was going to go to Mm -hmm. And spoke very highly of it. So I decided to go. So my junior and senior year, I went to a more affluent private school. And let me tell you something. I hate all those motherfuckers. It was I Catholic really do. It was, a, it was a Catholic school. It was a Catholic school. And I had great teachers. And I did really well there because I hated everyone else. Right. And like when I tell you I hate like people will try friend me on Facebook. I might be friends with two of them. That's it. Hmm. Because I went to school with a bunch of Heathers. Like being a writer, I just really appreciated how well written this was. It may have had some hokey dialogue or, you know, some implausible moments. But the overarching themes were 100% accurate, in my opinion, as a teenager. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that that should be mentioned is it's clearly a white kid's experience in oh, high school. Oh, 100%. Yeah, there's, 100%. No, there's no point of view of people of color. And I suspect that we don't see that in Mean Girls or maybe Mean Girls, but not in no. the, the one for the Gen Z. I was like, reasons? No. Yeah. I would expect that's very diverse because I think diverse. that's something that hopefully that generation is better with. My God. Okay, so thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed our rewatch of Heathers. 
and we'll see you soon with another blockbuster. Hi everyone, Amy here. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. To best support us, please consider subscribing, sharing, and leaving a review on Apple iTunes or anywhere you listen. You can connect with Jenny and me through our Facebook group, The Mimi Bees. You can find information on The Mimi Bees and all other projects by liking us on Facebook or Instagram at GenXThisIsWhy. Letter X, spell out the Y. Thanks again. See you soon. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.